The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, you got Daryl all by himself tonight. Unfortunately, Sam is dealing with some um, death in his family. He won't be with us. Sam, our um, sympathies and best wishes go out to you and your family. God bless you all. But, hey, let's get right into this weekend. Hey, over the weekend we had some of the best football in the history of the NFL. Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks, definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer, went up against Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, definitely a first ballot Hall of Fame. And then we had two young guns, uh, Colin Kaepernick of the 49ers and Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks going head-to-head. What a battle of, of football over the weekend. And also, hey, Bill Belichick had the nerve to call out one of the players that he definitely made it known that he does not like. And this is Wes Welker. I mean, you know, Wes Welker's never been a a man of many words, but um, his work on the field has really spoke for itself. For some kind of reason, for some reason or another, Bill Belichick fell out of graces with Wes Welker last year, refused to give him an extended three-year contract, let him go to to his arch rival, the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning. Wow. Hey, but he had the nerve to call out um, Wes Welker this week, saying that Wes Welker of the Denver Broncos made a dirty hit on Atif Khalid of the New England Patriots, causing him to be put out of the game. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Wes Welker for the uh, Denver Broncos is a tough guy. But this is the same guy that has had two concussions within the last month. I mean, he's only been able to play two games in the last month because he's had two concussions. I just can't see that. I just can't see Wes Welker giving up his body to knock out to leave when here's a man that's been knocked out of the game himself twice in the last two months. I just can't believe um, Belichick, you know, of, of all people to find an excuse, the guy, the, 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 the coach of very few words, Bill Belichick had the nerve to call Wes Walker. And I think this is maybe just a little bit of a, um, a little bit of call it what it is. It's a little dislike for um, Wes Welker on Belichick and the New England Patriots part. 
You know, a lot of people, we've heard this thing say the Patriots way. And what they really mean is that when a player gets to be a certain age, the Patriots get rid of them. They cut them. And some people thought that this wouldn't happen to Wes Welker. Um, they thought that he was maybe a above the Patriot way. Well, when it came down to it, when Wes Welker wanted a wanted a an extended contract, wanted a, a bigger contract, hey, he was not given this contract. He was actually given the door. Say, hey, let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. And and Wes Welker, uh, one of the one of the one of the Patriots fans favorites was shown the door. You know, but hey, he's not alone. There's been a lot of players that's been able that's been shown the door. Um Ty Law, Cliff Branch, the list goes on and on. Great players. Um great players who played for um the Patriots and have had to leave when they had when they thought they had a few more years left in them. Um so hey, I, I can't blame Wes Welker for leaving. But I do look at Bill, Bill Belichick in a different light now. And I think we have to step back sometime and say, hey, what has Bill Belichick done since 2006 in the Spygate? What has he done? And we can say he's gone to the Super Bowl and he's lost twice. And he's gone to the NFC Championship game and he's lost. But he has not done anything in the Super Bowl, he has not won the Super Bowl since the Spygate. And I and and hey, and I'm I'm one of the people at the forefront saying, hey, the NFL burned the tapes of Bill Belichick recordings of teams walk through the day before the game. And some and so I've heard some fans, especially New England fans, say, what's the big deal? It's a walkthrough. Well, trust me, in a walkthrough before the game. That's when we put in everything that we're going to put in. We're basically walking through what we've done the entire week of practice in preparation for this game. And if you don't think the New England Patriots gained an edge by filming the walkthrough of their opponents, what have they done since the spy gate? What have they done since the NFL burned the tapes of the spy gate? They have not done anything. They have not won the Super Bowl. They have not even basically been, they, they, they've not won the Super Bowl. They've been there, but they have not won. But hey, let's look at Tom Brady. You know, I, I, you know let's look at this. Let's, 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 let's look at this game just a little bit. And when we look at Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, I tell you, man, Peyton Manning had a, had a game, game for the ages. And when Tlaib went out, the number one corner for the New England Patriots, Peyton Manning just really cut loose. I mean, he, he threw for, he threw for 400 yards, but I mean, him throwing for 400 is one thing, but they ran the ball as a team for over a hundred yards, ran for, for 107 yards. And we all look for LeGarrette Blunt this week to do the same thing he's done throughout the playoffs. And that was to run rampant. You know, I mean, run for over 100 yards in, in, in the last two games in the playoffs. Well, it didn't happen. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, he ran five, five carries for six yards. You know, and Vereen, 
the second best running back on this team, had four carries for 34 yards, 8.5 yards per carry. But when you look at it, hey, four carries is, is, is not enough to, to, to establish a running game. And when we look at the, the, the Denver Broncos running attack, hey, no Sean Moreno, 14, yard, 14 carries, 59 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. And Bell, 12 rushes, 43 yards, 3.6 yards a carry. We would have thought that the New England Patriots, what got them so far in the playoffs has been their running attack. Well, that was not the case in this particular game. I mean, the Denver Broncos have, had a, has, have established themselves as a running team throughout the playoffs, but against the New England Patriots, they basically dominated the, the run, run game on this game, uh, in this game. But when we start talking about the New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos, it's basically two things we talk about. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Tom Brady threw the ball 38 times for 277 yards, one TD and no interceptions. Peyton Manning threw the ball 43 times for 400 yards, two TDs, and no interceptions. With a quarterback rating of 118.4, Tom Brady had a quarterback rating of 93.9. Honestly, I can tell you, man, I really think that Tom Brady missed a lot of receivers in this game. He, he you know, when we look at Julia Edelman, Edelman had nine receptions, but he was targeted 15 times. So Tom missed it five times. Maybe those were overthrown balls, underthrown balls, but he missed him five times out of the ten. He got ten receptions, but he, Tom missed him five times. And we will look at Sean Vereen. He had five receptions, but, but um, Tom Brady targeted him eight times. You know, and, I, and, and when we look at the um, – at, at the um, at the New England Patriots receiving group, you know, Tom threw 38 passes, only completing 24 of these passes. Well, on the other hand, Peyton Manning, he, um, the, the tight end Thomas, Julius Thomas, eight receptions, 85 yards. He targeted him 11 times. Um, Demarius Thomas, seven receptions, 10 um, seven receptions, 134 yards, and he targeted him 10 times. Decker, five receptions, targeted him eight times. Well, you know, Peyton Manning threw for 400 yards, but he connected on 32 of 43 passes. Peyton Manning only missed 11 passes attempt. He only, he only incompleted 11 passes out of the 43 that he threw. Hey, man, Peyton was hot, no doubt. He was hot, no doubt, at his game and the game plan for for this game in the, in, with the Denver Broncos was spot on. They ran the ball, they threw the ball when they needed to, and Peyton Manning has did what he's always done: precision passer, threw the ball very effectively throughout the game. He, you know, and 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 it was nothing nothing less than a a, a climactic game. We actually thought we kept waiting for the for the um for the New England Patriots to to make this explosive run. Well, um, in the in the in the in the fourth quarter, New England did make a run. They they scored thirteen points, but it was not enough because the New England because 
going in going into the third going into the fourth quarter, the score was twenty to three. New England made a serious run in the fourth quarter by scoring thirteen points and making it sixteen to twenty. But the but the um, but the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning did what they were supposed to do, kicked two field goals in the fourth quarter, put this game out of reach, making it a fourteen point game at one point. Um, New England, New England went for a two-point conversion late in the fourth uh, in the fourth quarter. Did not did not make it, making this a ten-point game, and it was pretty much out of reach from that point. You know, Peyton Manning has 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 been to the Super Bowl on two occasions. He only has one Super Bowl victory. This will solidify his his status in the NFL minds of a lot of people. It will solidify his. Uh, status in the minds of the NFL Hall of Fame and all of these naysayers that say that, hey, you know, maybe Peyton don't deserve a, a place in the Hall of Fame because he only got one Super Bowl. Um, maybe some of these people that say Peyton Manning, you know, um, he he's just Peyton Manning. He get a lot of credit for being Peyton Manning, but he only has one Super Bowl. If he can win on February 2nd in in New York, in his brother's home stadium, if he can win there, I think all of these naysayers will have to shut their mouth. All of these haters will have to give it up for Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning has, you know, he, he deserves what he what he's what he's what he's going to be getting if he wins another Super Bowl. He'll be the only player to win two Super Bowls with two different franchises. What an accomplishment! I, I, I really applaud him for, for doing what he's doing, doing what he has done. I was one of these same people that said Peyton Manning would not be coming back after a series of neck injuries, a series of neck operations. Uh, it, I, I, I was the first person to say, hey, the neck is too close to the brain and the spine for him to come back and be the same player that he was before the injuries. I had to eat my words. I'll eat them tonight on a show. I've eaten them before. It won't be the first time. I tip my hat to you, Peyton. You came back. You were better than before, if not as good, better than you were before the injuries. And, hey, man, um, you deserve what you're going to get, a spot in, in the Super Bowl playing against the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. What what memories do I have of Bellevue, Washington? I was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, 1987, 11th round. That was back when they had 12 rounds in the NFL draft. And um, I played with Kurt Warner. I played with um, David Craig. Um, wow. We had a, a, a John L. Williams fullback, um, Pro Bowl fullback, played in the Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, man, Kenny Easley was on that team. Ah, the list goes on and on. Um, so, hey, I, I tell you, I, I I have a soft spot for Seattle, and I'm sure someone's going to be calling me this week uh, telling me, hey, you're that guy that played with Seattle back in the days. Um, would you come over to our restaurant and have a couple of have dinner on us because you played for the Seahawks? I can't wait for that phone call to come, guys. I really can't. Hey, but I'm 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 really I really do have a a soft spot for the Seahawks because they they gave me um gave, they gave me my start, you know, um in in professional football. 
And and I, in a, in a sense, if if nothing else, I owe the Seahawks a, 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 a definitely a whole lot of gratitude and a whole lot of thanks for for making my life and making that a historical event in my life, being drafted by the by the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, but um, saying that, um, I really am pulling for. Peyton Manning to win the Super Bowl. And I know it sounds crazy because I do have a lot of gratitude and and um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I was selected by the Seattle Seahawks in 1987. But um, I know I'm one of those people that, uh, that, that basically said Peyton couldn't do it. And for him to come in here and, and basically punch me in the face and say, hey, Daryl, I did it. Now what you going to do about it? I'm going to pull for you, Peyton, in the Super Bowl is what I'm going to do because I really think that uh, that you deserve it. I think you've put in the work, you've, you know, because it, it had to be a serious, serious uphill climb for you to get to where you are from where you were. So, Peyton, I'm pulling for you. I think you got, um, I, I think you got a little bit of experience on this young gun, uh, Russell Wilson. And um and I and I really think that you're gonna make make a difference. I I really think that your experience, um, the receivers that you have on this squad, I really think that you are gonna make a difference in this in this game. Um, you know, and and if and if you and John Fox can beat Belichick and Brady, <laughs> I really think you can go up. I really think you can um beat the Seattle Seahawks. I have not checked out the weather report for this game yet, but it's going to be interesting to see how how the weather is in this game. Because if it is a rainy and snowy and wet, wet game, this could affect both of these teams. You know, maybe even a little bit more in the direction of the Denver Broncos than we see in the, dire- in the direction of the Seattle Seahawks. Because we know the beast, Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch, is going to run with reckless abandonment, and that means that they don't have to chunk the ball around a lot. However, we got to know that the Denver Broncos are going to be keying in on Marshawn Lynch. I mean, if and and if they took and and if they and and if, and if they took Legarrette Blunt totally out of the offense last week. I can't see I can't see Marshawn Lynch just running rampant against the Denver Broncos defense. You know, um, you know, Jack Del Rio, defense coordinator for the Denver Broncos, he was here in Jacksonville with us. And uh, he got fired, lost his job, but he looks like he's doing a very good job with the Denver Broncos defense. And um and Terrence Knighton, a um, former Jacksonville Jaguars, having a heck of a heck of a season and a heck of a playoffs with the Denver Broncos. Hey, you listen to Sports Info UM with Daryl tonight because Sam's out. We'll be right back with more sports information. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, we talked about the Peyton Manning and and the great Tom Brady. But these two young gun quarterbacks that that played yesterday really showed us what the future may hold for the NFL. The NFL is not about the six foot six quarterback with a rifle arm anymore. We have Russell Russell Wilson, barely he's he's a little under six feet, not even six feet tall, playing in the big leagues and making big plays. You know, but we also have Colin Kaepernick, a guy that looks like he's a hurdler. I mean, he's he's swift. He has these long strides, has an arm like a rifle, maybe not with the accuracy, you know, but he does have a really solid arm. You know, and I and I I, I look at these two young men and you see Kaepernick with a with a, with a hat, with a fat brim, pimp to the side a little bit every once in a while. Then you see Russell Wilson, no hats. He's always pretty pretty preppy looking a little bit. But I guess my point is, last week, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Joe Montana, came out and said, hey, Kaepernick has some work to do with his accuracy in the pocket. And Colin Kaepernick basically basically shrugged it off, and and some other people shrugged it off. It's like, hey, Joe Montana maybe need to stay in his lane. Well, I think we saw on Sunday that Colin Kaepernick does have some issues with accuracy in the pocket. And 
when you when a person like Joe Montana who doesn't say very much at all, I mean, you hardly hear anything from Joe Montana, negative, positive, one way or the other. When he comes out and says something, I think we need to look at it. I think we need to listen to it. And I think we need to take note of it. And I said this for the last two weeks on our show, that Russell Wilson, I don't know whether the NFL defenses have caught up with Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson is not playing at the level he played last year and earlier in this season. I'm thinking it's, I'm thinking it's the NFL defenses have really caught up to Russell Wilson. And I don't really think it's, it's, it's the spies anymore. I think people have to, have to pressure you with three or four down linemen. It's so many receivers in routes now that they can't afford to have spies now. And when we look at it, these defenses now are just basically corralling Russell Wilson. I mean, they're not necessarily putting a lot of pressure on him. They just want to corral him, make it where he can't, make, he can't run out of the pocket. He can't use his speed to get out of the pocket. It appears to be working, and I think Russell Wilson is, it, it appears as though he's struggling more and more with these NFL defenses. I'm not sure that um, Denver will be able to do the same thing, but we all know that this is a copycat league, and if San Francisco's doing it, Denver will be able to do it. Now, Marshawn Lynch, on the other hand, this guy's running the ball like unbelievable. You know, um, Sunday he ran 22 carries for 109 yards, 5.0 per carry. Hey, uh, one TD. Um, and on the other hand, Frank Gordon never got never got rolling. I mean, Frank never got rolling. 11 rushes, 14 yards. Uh, the longest rush was for nine yards. Now, Colin Kaepernick. He ran for 130 yards, 11 rushes, 130 yards. Now, these are a lot of plays that are broke. He drops back. Everybody's in man coverage. He takes off running. Defenders have their back turned to him. He can actually run for extra, extra, extra yards. But those plays are not designed plays. And in most cases in football, broken plays are never going to be as successful as design plays. So a defense will be happy to give you something like that. But what are you going to do with it? You know, it's not a lot you can do with it because those those plays are, are not designed to, to score, to get first down. Those are broken plays that just so happen get a first down. Well, hey, Colin Kaepernick running for 130 yards really didn't affect the game as much as you would think it would. Because, you know, his, his, he ran for 130 yards, but how many touchdowns did he run for? None. I mean, um, <clears throat> um, Andre Dixon, this running back, he, he, he scored one touchdown, but he only had two attempts for one yard, and that one touchdown was a short yardage and goal line touchdown. Russell Wilson, five rushes, zero yards. Hey, Russell Wilson, I think, what we what we've seen from him in the past, as far as running the ball and rushing the ball, I can't see this happening this week. I can't see that. I can't not this week, but in two weeks in the Super Bowl. 
I can't see him running the ball with the same authority he's ran with in the past. Well, hey, Doug Baldwin, that's another story. Doug Baldwin came from out of nowhere this week and had three, had six receptions for 106 yards, and Russell Wilson only targeted him seven times. Yeah, but in, and uh, <clears throat> and 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 Golden Tate, on the other hand, four receptions, six targets, 31 yards. That's just not that's just not a lot. You know, we 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 talk about Percy Harvin. A lot of people thought that he would be the savior for this team this year. Percy Harvin has played in a total of two games this entire season and has not been very productive. In the last game he played in, he suffered a concussion. Will he be a person we can count on? Will he be a decision maker? Will he be a a game breaker for the Seattle Seahawks when they play in the Super Bowl February 2nd? Wow. it's, 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 It's hard to say. I can't say that Russell Wilson, that um, that um, Percy Harvin will be this game breaker, but you never know. You you, you just never know. Um, I I I look at the um at when we when, when I look at this San Francisco Seattle game, the one thing that sticks out to me is the three turnovers. Kaepernick had in the fourth quarter. You know, I mean, one interception, no, two interceptions in the fourth quarter and a fumble. Hey, I don't know how many games I've seen in my lifetime, but I can't remember too many games in my lifetime when the winning team had three turnovers in the fourth quarter and won the game. And when we look at this game, San Francisco was winning at halftime, 10-3. San Francisco, at one point in the third quarter, was winning uh, 17-13. Well, in the fourth quarter, with three turnovers, one fumble by the quarterback, and two interceptions by the quarterback, resulted in zero points by the 49ers, and just so happened, San Francisco, uh, Seattle scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. Hey, that was the difference in this game. The turnovers were definitely a big difference in this game. I mean, we, we, can, we, can, we can talk about it as much as we want, but it all boils down to the turnovers in this game. I mean... Uh, if Kaepernick doesn't, th- if, if Kaepernick doesn't throw two interceptions and fumble the ball in the fourth quarter, I think we're looking at a different outcome. I, I really think we're looking at a different outcome. And until Kaepernick can learn how to protect the ball and score in big games late in the big games, he will not be in the same category as Joe Montana. He probably will never, ever, ever be in the same category as Joe Montana. But he's not even gonna, he's not even gonna reach that category of Steve Young. And that's gonna take some heavy shoes to fill for him to reach the category, reach the status of Steve Young. So hey, um, Kaepernick, listen to these guys that gone, that is, that have gone before you. Pay attention to them. Hey, work on your craft as hard as you can in this off season. And I really hope to see you back at the Super Bowl. 
before your career is over. Man, I know it's very hard to get to the Super Bowl, and, and, and some quarterbacks have never, ever been to the Super Bowl. You've been very close. You got very close this year. You were there last year. You're knocking on the door, man. Um, it would not surprise me to see you win one or two Super Bowls in your career before your career is over in uh, in the NFL. But you gotta you gotta learn how to protect the football, man. You know, a lot of people have been talking about um, about this Richard Sherman situation and the Crabtree situation. Well. I personally am a big fan of sportsmanship. Um, I think sportsmanship is a big part of athletics because it teaches us different things. I mean, and respect is one of the most important things that sports and athletics teach us. Sportsmanship. Respect your opponent. Always respect your opponent. No matter how big the victory is or how big the loss is, respect your opponent. Never get so mad at a team whooping your behind that you want to fight somebody after the game. Or never get so, never get so happy after whooping some behind, some whooping somebody's behind that you want to taunt them or throw it in their face. No, let's go shake hands after the game. I'll see you next year. I'll see you next week. I'll see you in a couple weeks, whenever, and let's do this thing again. But I will get my shot at you again. You, this was your day. Maybe, maybe tomorrow's my day. But I really, it, it really bothers me to see this guy Richard Sherman um, act the way he act. Uh, it was disrespectful. It was uncalled for. It was unnecessary. And what goes around comes around. He's a young. Uh, energetic, very exciting defensive back, 20 interceptions in his career, most interceptions in a, in a five-year career of all these res- all, um, defensive backs. I, I applaud him for that, but at the same time, I'm telling you, Richard, you're going to be 32 one day and still trying to play, and it's going to be a 26-year-old or 24-year-old wide receiver blowing past you, and he might remember you when you were showing out on Crabtree. And, hey, you never know, Richard. Uh, you might have a sprained ankle next year. It might be Crabtree running by you and showing off on you. And, and he might be the guy that has an opportunity to taunt you but refuse to taunt you. And, and maybe he has, he's that guy that, show, that, that becomes a bigger man and say, hey, I'm not going to be like you, Richard. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, be a little more respectful to the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna show a little more humility. I am not gonna go on just just show my behind because I can. And you know, and you would think that Richard Sherman would have would have been able to maybe maybe gather himself, gather his thoughts, get it, gather his composure, compose himself a little bit, and. Take a shower, come back to the media, and present present himself in a different way. No, that was not the case. Even in the media in the media presentation, Richard had to show his behind, really do the same thing. Talk about Crabtree knows what I'm talking about, and I still have not been able to find anything on the internet where 
Crabtree disrespected him or um, Crabtree showed him showed him off in some way or another. And Richard is talking about something that happened in the off-season. The off-season, Richard? I mean, come on, man. The, the off-season? You mean six months ago? You're talking about something that happened six months ago. I, I just can't, I just can't uh, follow this, and, and, it, and it just makes no sense to me. And, and in my mind, there's no place for uh, behavior like that in sports. Um, there, there no, there's no place for comments like Bill Belichick saying Wes Welker um, tried to take Khalif out of the game. That was one of the dirtiest plays he's ever seen. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you, uh, Coach, I've seen a lot of dirty plays in my time, and that doesn't come close to some of the dirtiest plays that I've seen um, in, in my time. I mean, it's just that 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 that's that that that's just not close. You know, we we've seen people do high low blocks on offensive linemen, um, and 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 especially before they made that an illegal block about ten years ago. When you hit someone high low, yeah, a lot of people lost their career in in that kind of a play. And trust me, for you to for you to get taken out of a game in a high low block, two people have to manipulate this: a guard and a tackle, a center and a guard. Two people basically have to manipulate this, and that's what we call dirty plays. Someone going across the middle. A West Welker going across the middle at 193 pounds, uh, going up, um, going against Khalid Talib, weighing about 220 pounds, 215 pounds. Nah, can't see that as being dirty. Can't even see that as being very in- intentional. I think West Welker was probably making an effort to to create a rub to um, um, make room for his receiver to get open. But I definitely don't see that as um, one of the dirtiest plays I've ever seen. Um, but Coach Belichick is entitled to his own opinion, and um, and, and Coach Fox, um, Coach Fox didn't have a problem with it at all, you know. And 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 you know, um, when I was looking at the at the sack situation in in the um, in the San Francisco game, San Francisco had four sacks, Seattle only had two sacks, you know. We talk about we talk about Seattle's defense. I'm beginning to start to buy in a little bit into this 12th man thing because I see Seattle's defensive backs as being probably some of the best defensive backs in the game, but I just don't see their defensive line and linebackers as being that great of a players. I I I, I just don't, I just don't see it. You know, um, you know, Richard Sherman. Yeah, no doubt. He's he's one of the he's he's one of the um he's one of the best best defensive backs in the league, if not the best defensive back in the league. However, um, it, it, it sometimes it make you wonder about these other players on the team because you know Kaepernick he connected on on, on a lot on on some passes, you know. Um, he connected her 14, 14 of his twenty-four passes, but Kaepernick. Let's get let's let's don't get it twisted. He is no Peyton Manning, and that's for sure. We'll be right back with more sports information 
on Voice America Radio. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Julie Bueller are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know... When we look at this week's game, uh, the Super Bowl in two weeks, we think about quarterbacks. Russell Maryland is nowhere close. He's not in the same conversation with Peyton Manning. Um, no Sean Moreno. I don't think he's in the same conversation with Marshawn Lynch. But I think there's a much closer gap between um, no Sean Moreno and Marshawn Lynch than Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning. Um, when we look at when we when we look at um when we when we look at the uh, at the defenses of both of these teams, I would probably give the um, Seattle Seahawks um, defense a, a little edge. Um, they've had a number one defense pretty much in, the, in the, the entire season. I would say the twelfth man has had a big deal, a, a lot to do with the Seattle defense success. Uh, I think that crowd noise and, and and that crowd has has helped the Seattle Seahawks in, in, a, in, a, in a big way. Um, 
But when we when we start talking about special teams, I would probably give the edge to the um to the to the um to, to the Denver Broncos. Um and and probably because their kickers had a, had a whole lot more success this year kicking the football in that kind of altitude. Well, this week, uh, this Super Bowl, we played outside, very cold conditions. Uh, the winter in New York City, it's hard to say. Um, um, it's it's hard to say how how the weather is going to affect this game, but I'm sure. It is. It is going to affect this game in some way or another. Um, but when we, when you look at the um, at the offensive line for the uh, Denver Broncos, I would probably have to say um, Peyton Manning did not get touched over over the weekend, um, and Russell Wilson appeared to be running for his life on several occasions. Um, Throughout the throughout the game last week, I would have to give the offensive line um, an edge to the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think they, you know, you got to protect Peyton Manning because he cannot move. I mean, you got to create a, a wall around him, a pocket for him to throw from because he cannot move. I mean, he's he's basically a immobile quarterback. He doesn't run, he doesn't want to run, and he can't run. So you have to protect him. Um, but Russell Wilson, on the other hand, hey, he, he, he really, he has to, he, that's, that's a part, that's a part of the strength of his game is running around, moving around, um, you know, twisting, turning. And I don't know if that's going to be a, a, a benefit or a, uh, or a hindrance for him, um, this week. Um, in, in two weeks in the in the Super Bowl, well, when when we when we look at the when we look at the linebackers for the Denver Broncos and Denver Broncos without Von Miller, um, probably their best player on defense. There is no question that uh, that the Seattle Seahawks will have an advantage. Um, because you know, the best linebacker for the um, the Denver Broncos will not be there, but I look for this to be a very exciting game. Um, I think Denver Broncos, if if it's a shootout, there is no doubt that the Denver Broncos will probably win this game because the Seattle Seahawks will be depending on their running game far far much greater than the um, than the um, than the Denver Broncos, and if they're going to be, if they intend on running the ball against the Denver Broncos, um, and they cannot depend on this being a shootout, they want this to be a long, drawn-out game. They want to have some long drives that's going to that's going to eat up five, seven minutes of the clock. It just doesn't happen like that. I, I, I can't see that happening. However, if Seattle can get Denver off the field on third down, um, something that Bill Belichick and the um, Patriots could not do yesterday, they may have some success against Peyton Manning. However, I just don't see them being able to get Peyton Manning off the field on third down. We're talking about 
probably the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen. Uh, probably the greatest quarterback that some of us will ever see. I mean, you know, and and we we talk about Peyton Manning, but we don't look at the big picture of this whole of this dude's life, man. I mean, you're talking about Archie Manning, his dad played for the played for the Redskins and a number of other teams in the NFL. His brother, Eli Manning, went to Ole Miss, drafted by drafted number one by the New York Giants, um, um, drafted number two by the New York Giants because basically he refused to go to San Diego. And then there's Peyton Manning, drafted number one overall by the Indianapolis Colts. Hey, man, this, 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 this family has a, has a pedigree of quarterbacks in their, in their family, and I think it's time for Peyton to, to come on out, win him another Super Bowl, and maybe even maybe even walk out, you know, maybe even leave the game, you know, um, because I really just can't imagine how he must play this game, knowing that if he gets hit the right way, that could be it. I mean, you know, that could be it. You know, it's, you know, there's stories out there that Peyton Manning has to take a physical at the end of the season in order for the uh, Broncos to re- to to give him the rest of his money. Well, you know, all players have to pass physical at, at one point before they start the new season. Well, he will have to take this physical. And, you know, it's a possibility that, that he may not pass the physical. Now, if the Broncos want Peyton Manning to play, there is no doubt that he will pass that physical without a question. And if he passes this physical, uh, it'll be up to him whether he comes back. I'm not so sure if Peyton Manning gets another Super Bowl, he had two Super Bowls. He's matched his baby brother in Super Bowl wins. Will he come back and risk risk it all for a chance to win one more Super Bowl or a chance to a chance to play one more season? Because there is no guarantee that he's going to make it to the Super Bowl if he gets one more win. So it's 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 really a, a it's, I, it's it's totally up to Peyton Manning, but is he going to come back for the fans, or is he going to walk into the sunset and say, "Hey, I've had enough football. I'm going to make commercials. I'm going to work for for some major network. Uh, I'm going to commentate on games. I'm going to run my clinics. I'm going to." have the highest-priced quarterback clinic in the land. We just don't know what is in store next for Peyton Manning. Um, could, it, could, it be, um, could it be he's coming back? But I'd say this. I don't think Peyton has the same love for the fans in Denver that he had for the fans in Indianapolis. You know, um, the fans in Indianapolis basically raised Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning came straight out of college, and they loved him. They adored him. They gave him the world. They supported him until the very, very end. And I just, I, I, I could see him saying, if this was in, in Indianapolis, in the same scenario, I could see him saying, hey, I'm coming back. I want to play here. I want to play in two more years, three more years. But in Denver, playing outside, 
with the temperatures dropping in the in 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 the low teens, uh, sometimes in the in, in single digits. I can't necessarily see him going through practicing and and all he had to go through in Denver like he would do the same thing in um in Indianapolis. I just can't see that. But um I I, I don't know. You know, um Peyton Manning may be one of those people that that um that that really they really have such a passion for 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 uh for football and sports that he he may be one of those people that that you have to um uh, drag off the field, you know, and and, and we we've, we've seen that happen too, you know, in a lot of cases, some of those people could not afford to um to leave the game, so they stayed beyond um, um you know they 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 stayed longer than they should have. I'll never forget um. <laughs> I'll never forget seeing um, seeing OJ Simpson playing for the Buffalo Bills for all of these years, and all of a sudden, OJ's playing for San Diego, man. And it was just horrible to see the juice out there trying to play, and he just had he had nothing left in the tank, just couldn't do it, you know. And we and then we look at some players like like um, like um, Joe Montana, you know, played for the 49ers for his entire career, and then all of a sudden. Um, here he is playing for um, the Kansas City Chiefs and, and having a, a, a second life to his career. So, you know, we've, we've seen this happen. Uh, LaDamian Thomason, you know, he, he played, for, um, played for the San Diego Chargers, came back and tried to play for the New York Jets. It just didn't, just didn't look right, didn't feel right, and, and it wasn't right. And so, hey, when, when, we, see, when we see things like this happening, uh, when we see players try to get a little bit more out of their career um, than they necessarily wanted to, one of the what well some may consider one of the greatest running backs in the history of the NFL, Emmitt Smith, um, had a had an awesome career with the Dallas Cowboys, a a super career with the Dallas Cowboys, and all of a sudden, um, I don't know, maybe he maybe he thought he needed another. Uh, well, you know, who could, who couldn't use a couple of extra million, you know, three million or whatever. And I think, you know, Emmett ended up making about another three or four million, uh, with, uh, St. Louis. But in the eyes of fans, you know, we look at it like, wow, man, you know, you, you didn't have to do that. You know, you could have stayed with the, um, with the, um, with, with, you could have stayed with the Cowboys and Jerry Jones would have paid you two more years. But, Jim Pluckett won a Super Bowl in the 80s with the Oakland Raiders. However, he was a, a Heisman Trophy winner and a reject from the, from the, from the uh, New England Patriots. The New England Patriots cut Jim Pluckett. Jim Pluckett went to the, to the Oakland Raiders and won, won the Super Bowl. Had a, um, so, hey, we've seen this happen. Some players can go places and, and have, have lustrous careers. And some players go places, and they just basically trying to, um, trying you know, trying to trying to prolong their career. And you definitely can't blame anyone for trying to, um, to, to for, you can't blame anyone for trying to prolong their career just a little longer. Um, hey, 
where else you gonna find a job that's gonna pay you um, three million a year, five hundred thousand dollars a year? Minimum salary now in the NFL is around four hundred thousand a year. Where else are you going to find um, find a job where you're gonna make that kind of money? There's a rumor out now that the um, the, the um, Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, are looking to trade up to get Johnny Manziel. Does this mean? Does does this mean the Louisville quarterback is now slipping a, a, a little bit? Wow, wow! It's uh, it's 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 hard to it's hard to say um, if Teddy Bridgewater is slipping. Now it's not going to surprise me one bit to see. Teddy Bridgewater be selected behind Johnny Manziel. It'll be a shock to some, but it shouldn't be a shock to all of us. Hey, you listen to Sports Info UM on Voice America. We'll see you back here next week with more sports stories and sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.